0: Welcome to the Life is a Ceremony podcast by Petiti Institute. We're inspired to share practical insights to engage everyday life as an evolutionary journey. Every moment is an opportunity to practice. If you would like to send us a question or a comment or a donation, you're welcome to visit www.paititi-institute.org. That's www.paititi-institute.org. In this episode, Roman Hannes and Elton Liabella discuss the wisdom of failure and how failure is an essential key in one's life to unlocking the greatest potential within.
1: So, my name is Roman, this is Elton. For those of you that don't know us, hello. we are from the Paititi Institute. Today we will talk about failure, one of my favorite subjects. So, the wisdom of failure. Something that I've been reflecting on is how central it is in our lives, starting from very small age when we are learning to walk to the time that we are already adults and farther than that. The wisdom of failure so how essential it is without learning how to fail then we can't really succeed in anything in life. The failure has a lot of wisdom to it if it's possible to get out of the emotional rut and tune in and to what is happening. And so, yeah, it's in my life, it's been like that many times over and over again, how I had to really learn how to fail well and fail to the degree that I would even fail to fail eventually. right? And, and then th- that success. is kind of like the darkness doesn't exist in itself. It's just the absence of the light and as soon as a tiny bit of light comes in darkness just dissipates and in my experience also when i can really tune in into failure really see what it's about then uh, i start to learn from it and then i fail to fail and when i fail to fail then i succeed so the failure to meet has this kind of connotation also i've been talking to a friend recently and he shared with me this uh, theory about the stoned ape. It's been observed in nature how there's uh, different animals and different species, they do prefer fermented fruits. Even the fruit flies and how the human evolution uh, has been in some ways linked to the fruit flies. So it seems like uh, there's this pattern that when the fruit flies that fail to procreate that they tend to be drawn more so towards the fermented fruit and then they get drunk on them and they try to find some kind of alternative means to experience that divine union in their lives and it seems like in human history as well there is this uh, pattern of really finding a way to deal with our dissatisfactions and lack of fulfillment and some ways are more detrimental than others but in a way that has also led to the uh, human philosophy and the different uh, shamanic based traditions around the world where people could not find satisfaction from just their immediate material environment existence and then they try to find a greater sense of fulfillment and satisfaction that cannot be really found here on this earth the failure was in a way an essential contributor to human evolution to rise above just hamster wheel of existence see that there is something else available to us that's something that i've been also reflecting on in my own life how the different failures that i've experienced in society and early on in my life both within my physical body and my physical health and also the environment around me and all of the different values that i could relate to in society that i couldn't really be fulfilled or satisfied by and then that led me on this path that I'm very grateful for. But it was all of those things that initially seemed like curses. And then I really tried to find a relative temporary solution. And then that did not bring much fulfillment and satisfaction as well. And then eventually that uh, made me start asking questions. So I could I can relate to, the, to being the fruit fly trying to taste different fruits and that of course goes back to the biblical story of the Adam and Eve and you know that that fruit of knowledge and experience of life and to me that's also something that is very essential for evolution is to actually fall from grace to lose that initial connection what In psychology is related to as the womb separation syndrome coming out of this very nurturing warm fulfilling pleasurable state of being held and loved unconditionally and then needing to learn how to tap into that consciously in a way that's also related to this fall from heaven fall from grace and then really getting to know life through one's own experience and then reconnecting to that original state in in that original state of no separation but fully consciously in a way that it can never be lost again and so initially one has to get lost in order to be found failure is very essential for that in my experience
2: yes luckily i work in the kitchen so i can work with fermentation yeah as well, as you are speaking i'm just uh thinking about you know in my life in my life experience like failure was part of my success you know in in the worldly realm yeah having difficulties but behind the difficulties there was a drive to keep going and it's like thinking and having creativity okay this is not working this is not working this is not working but there is a drive behind like how can i how can i keep keep going and yes the results are not appearing and then you know, at some point I can relate, yeah, like things change and results come. Like I have succeeded in life, but I failed with that success. I failed to fulfill my heart. Like the worldly success didn't give me what I was looking for on the inside. I think that, yeah, that part of failure was is something meaningful in, in, in my life because uh, I was asking, okay, so what's life? about and this is how i came to this path and that failure in a way was the starting point of me asking what else is here on this planet what is my purpose you know if uh, worldly success is not fulfilling me
1: yeah this sense of unfulfillment the sense of dissatisfaction also what in the amazonian tradition people relate to as uh, the the excessive comfort makes us weak if there's no challenges in our life then it's not really possible to grow and evolve and discover and the sense of discovery is actually in many indigenous traditions the sense of curiosity the sense of discovery is uh, more important than the different uh, pleasures and successes in life and so to continue learning right in the ancient tradition also similarly to the Amazonian one we are always children of the universe no matter how old we get and there is a sense of discovery of awe, of ingenuity that is the most essential in people's lives to continue to what life is really about to really represent that that childlike essence and not to lose that because if I just stuff my head with uh, all kinds of knowledge and uh, all kinds of concepts and ideas. That's not necessarily going to make me alive. Yeah, I'm going to think that I know everything and I don't need to discover anymore. I don't need to learn anything else. I've done my part in that and there is no life there anymore. If There is no more discovery, no more learning, no more failures and uh, try. Thousand errors then there's no life left it's kind of like when all sense of mystery is gone then uh, life becomes very boring if everything is figured out for us what purpose is there to life that's something that keeps me going in the most challenging situations i can tune in into that and see well this is happening to me right now i'm experiencing i'm in the hole i'm um, deep in the hole and I got myself there and I have no one to blame if I really look at it in that way. And so then the question comes up, what can I learn from this situation? What is there for me? Is there a message for me there? And even in the most difficult struggles in my life, there was always a message there. This inner struggle and despair, despondency also definitely opened me up enough to look at other possibilities in life i have to give it credit for that if there is a virtue in failure then uh, the virtue is to not get stuck only on one way or not to think that there is only one way to go about something and to remain open to new possibilities, to new ideas, to new ways of being and discovering what life is about. And so that's uh, what I found to be very helpful in the midst of the most difficult times and moments, to not think that it's just randomly happening to me and I'm just a victim of my circumstances, but to see that there is actually intelligence In every situation that is happening to life, even if I don't see it, especially if I don't see it, there is a lesson there. There is something meaningful that is happening, and this universe is intelligent. Everything, every situation, every person, every coincidence, there is deep meaning in it that I may not see immediately, but it doesn't mean that it's there. This is another thing that I. Reflecting on recently, there is this term that is called the God of the gaps, right? In philosophy, it's this uh, concept, the God of the gaps. Basically, it's a flawed concept that says uh, if you don't know something, if you don't see something, then it it means that it doesn't exist. So that's been kind of a philosophical discussion for years uh, where people say, well... um, If I cannot touch God, if I cannot see God, if God cannot cannot be proven, then God doesn't exist, right? But just because something cannot be proven, it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And quantum physics have been discovering that in our modern sciences. This is actually something that also happens in life when I'm going through something and I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel and i'm not experiencing the resolution of a certain situation and then i just want to give up i want to throw in the towel and just uh, be despondent and say well nothing is working and it has no meaning and uh, i'm just a fruit fly and uh, show me where is the nearest pile of rotting fruits and i'm just gonna bury my head in there (laughs) Then of course, there are more exotic fruits and more exotic fermentations, and you become more of a connoisseur fruit fly until suddenly a whole other realm of existence opens up. And it is also through this trial and error that it's happening, but not merely as a fruit fly. There has also there has to be some consciousness there. To really look into it to see what it's really about okay I keep failing I keep doing the same thing expecting a different result and I keep failing and then my mentality is no I just have to try harder I have to try to do the same thing harder and expect a different result maybe I didn't do it hard enough last time and that's why I failed. but then I start to see actually It's not whether I try how hard I try but it's how consciously I try how much I bring the ingenuity into it and really see what it's about instead of just keep banging my head against the wall expecting the walls to suddenly disappear that hurts (laughs) after a while so then um, to see maybe i don't have to break those walls down maybe there's a door somewhere or maybe a window at least or maybe i can climb over that wall or walk around it there has to be some ingenuity about it and then of course there are examples from um, some great masters of the past this uh, originator of the zen tradition Bodhidharma Damo when he initially came and he faced that proverbial wall in his life to the point where he actually decided to face the real wall. He decided to make it very tangible, very real, and he sat in front of a wall for about nine years, if I'm not mistaken. And he sat in front of that wall without blinking, and According to the legends, he really made sure that he keeps facing that wall day and night and without closing his eyes. Then after many, many years of sitting in front of that wall, at a certain point the wall no longer bothered him. It's not like the wall disappeared, but the resistance and this kind of like trying to break through the wall disappeared. In that moment it's this resolution the inner obstacle that is no longer bothering oneself the obstacle becomes the way the failure becomes the success also another really wonderful teacher that I have great respect for Pema Chodron she actually wrote a book about failure called uh, fail fail again fail better it's one of my favorite books by her she also speaks about that how in her life as well it was failing in conventional society failing in her relationship that actually made her into a successful writer and best-selling author where she can actually relate to her failures and the wisdom within those failures and how that brought her on a path of uh, ultimate fulfillment and satisfaction that is not based on pleasure and pain but is based on this ingenuity of the heart the awakening of the heart-centered presence and the ability to see meaning in every experience of life that keeps helping us to discover the timeless joy that never goes away the greatest fulfillment that is not bound by external circumstances and conditions and so this kind of process in buddhist psychology they call it the dukkha which sometimes is translated into suffering but the actual meaning the more closer translation Is dissatisfaction and sometimes related to also as this kind of experience of being kind of like in a stuffy room like there is not much spaciousness or place to move or there is a certain linear way of thinking and no way to improvise and to experiment and explore and then I get stuck in a certain narrative that feels very disempowering and it's a downward spiral from there. So it actually begins from this inner rigidity in a certain restriction of the way I think, the way I perceive the world, the way I relate to different situations. And it's this knee jerk reaction kind of that I develop and a certain personality that goes along with it. That acts in a very specific, in a very predictable way, in all kinds of circumstances. And so then, this failure is teaching about that. Is teaching. Okay. Well, I keep doing the same thing, and I expect a different result. And I don't know any other way. And I'm afraid to fail. And I. I know that I do this, and I can rely on that and there is a certain degree of success and reliability but then there is failure in the results that it brings so then what can i do in order to actually approach the situation objectively just because something worked in the past with one situation doesn't mean that it's always going to work with all the other situations and it's not this one size fits all and each situation is different unlike anything that happened before and then i keep applying my tested methods to new situations without being present with them and then of course it's a very mechanical very robotic way of going about things and there is a rigid mentality that is connected to that so the first lesson and failure is to break down that all of those stale concepts and ideas in my head and then of course i also reflect on that in terms of the situation in the world today there is this famous saying history that is not remembered is meant to be repeated and then uh, i recently saw another kind of addition to that saying that uh, those who don't remember the history are bound to repeat it i think that's how the say the saying goes and uh, another saying that i saw in addition to that and those uh, who do remember history are cursed to watch everyone else repeat it right something (laughs) something like that to also uh, to see that of course yeah that can also bring a lot of frustration to me sometimes when uh, I can see the world is repeating the history Uh, or when I can see people in my life that are continuously hurting themselves and others by repeating the same mistakes over and over again and not being aware of it it's kind of like sitting on the cactuses that we ourselves have planted and not even remembering that we have planted those cactuses that we have created the causes for those conditions to happen and not even wanting to see. It's not comfortable to see it. You know, at least for me, I can speak for myself. It's not comfortable because then I have to take responsibility for it. I can actually change it, but it's a lot of work. So I'd rather pretend like it has nothing to do with me and I'm not responsible for it. And it's someone else's fault. And then to see how it's happening in in lesser and greater scales in the world. That it's easy to blame it on a certain fringe of the population or on a certain group of people in the world or to create a common enemy that we can gear against instead of taking responsibility for the inner shadows. And in every war the other side is always demonized. You can look at the history of the world. In every war ever to exist in, in history of humanity, the other side was always demonized. It's like all the inner shadows, all the untransformed issues on the inside are projected on the outside because it's much easier to do that and than to fight something else instead of uh, focusing on the inner conflict on the inner war and the the failure that feels so disturbing that i don't want to even deal with it and see it and then in the outer war with all of the problems and pain and suffering and disasters is easier than to face the inner conflicts of course it's in the long run, it's not easier, and it brings a lot more suffering. But who cares about that? Let's just focus on the here and now, <laughs> right? And that's also that some of my teachers they laugh about this kind of modern tendency to talk a lot about the here and now. One of my teachers, he laughs. He says everyone is so excited talking about the the power of now, but people tend to dismiss the power of our past habits and the power of our stale concepts and ideas that keep us stuck in conditioning and disempowered experiences in life. And without that, without recognizing the power of our habits and our old patterns and the issues that keep haunting us in our lives then the power of now cannot really express itself in that way. It's kind of like we can talk about love and light all we want, but without getting to know the workings of conditioning that keep keep us trapped. It's kind of like wish wishful thinking in that way. So to really reflect on the failure, to reflect on conditioning on what keeps us stuck keeps us in this vicious cycle in the hamster wheel and then to understand what it's really about and then the power of now can be very helpful but uh, it's it's worthwhile to take some time and to get to know oneself to get to know the all of the different defense mechanisms and coping mechanisms and all of the fronts that have been developed and all the ways that one is being inauthentic with oneself and then to see it not from a place that oh this is always pointing to me being inadequate and bad and how much i failed in life and i'm not worthy or i cannot earn the recognition or love or whatever it is but to to see it without the certain kind of agenda or a certain predisposition, but to see actually that there is wisdom in that. All of those coping mechanisms and habits, they also have some wisdom in them and they developed from a good intention. I don't know any better. I have this very childlike, pure innocence in me and I cannot find a place for it in the world and seems to keep getting me in trouble. And I have to go by the world standards and succeed based on the world standards. And this makes me fail. And so I'm going to develop a certain front, a certain image. I'm going to try to conform and, you know, get in line with everyone else in the world. And then to see how there was a good intention about creating that kind of Front, creating that artificial personality construct there was a good meaning behind it and there was something good that happened it served its purpose for some time in my life and then it stopped serving its purpose and I keep doing it expecting that it's gonna serve that purpose again and it's not but why is it there in the first place Like uh, there's been research about smoking, for example, and it's been found that people smoke because sometimes it's the deep inhale that people long for, kind of like, you know, connecting to the chest or to, it's this unintentional meditation, I just want to take a break from the being in, in, in the vicious cycle in the hamster wheel of life and I just want to step out and have some objectivity in relation to the situation or sometimes it's about this infantile tendency of longing for the for the mother's breast and that unconditional love and so there is something good there it's not just a bad habit but then how can i do that more intentionally okay unconsciously i'm trying to reach towards that whatever i'm doing whatever coping mechanisms i have in my life i am trying to experience that connection that i cannot experience otherwise that i'm failing in and then i can experience a glimpse of it just to remind me that it's still there and there is a purpose for that as well and then i can start seeing how can i do it more and more consciously Another thing about failure, I've been reflecting, but I'll let Elton chip in Mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm.
2: Yeah, I think the, you know, like reflecting about my process is the, what keeps me stuck is actually being, not being honest with myself and judging myself. It's like not like, you know, seeing the bad habits you know, judging them instead of learning how to like be honest and say, okay, you know, this is what is happening and you know, it's not bad. But once I start saying, Oh, this is bad. And this is where, you know, this is where I fail. But even in that, like, you know, yesterday I was reflecting about this. Like there is a place that can actually hold this you know failure which through these struggles that sometimes I experience and I see the, the blessing in the failure it's like yeah there is a, a the heart has a place that can hold it's like this this tenderness this child I'm trying maybe to find love in you know and in, in cooking or in relationships and they are not lasting and when everything else is failing it's like okay how can I open my heart and, you know, be like this mother that can care for this child, which is, you know, the, the child for me is me failing, me judging myself, me getting annoyed with myself. And it's like, okay, you know, how can I bring this, uh, this motherly love into this, into this failure and hold myself in there.
1: Yeah. I find that it's all of those, uh, parts, of ourselves that are being brought together, it's this change of attitude, right? As I shared before, how it does start in the mind is this rigid mentality. And to see that I can either be this helpless child or I can be this person who cares and is helping, trying to do things for everyone else, but is not really doing anything for oneself. And then, how to really connect all of those pieces together. Where there is the motherly love in oneself, there is the child in oneself, there is the. And all of those, of course, they represent different energies. So, someone brought about uh, uh, how they've been finding the five elements, uh, and I think it's from the Taoist tradition that we also work with to relate to the different energies, emotions, and experiences in our lives. And so to see that we all have those parts of ourselves, but often they are fragmented, they are not really connected together. And so to really connect those dots within oneself, to see how there is this light of consciousness within ourselves. And then there is this capacity of love within ourselves, but often they are not connected. There is this mind, the monkey mind, that is somewhere in the clouds and there is this love that is buried deep under the different defense mechanisms and uh, the fear of being vulnerable with oneself and the world. And then there is this scared child because also, the fear of discovery, the fear to fail and not to have that love and not to have the insight what it's really about. And if there is one thing that I can trust in this life, if there is one thing that I can trust, it's that there is always something to learn in every situation. That's one thing that I can trust for sure, that there are always lessons coming through. And just knowing one thing that I can trust, Like not much, but if the one thing that I can trust that all already makes my heart blossom, just that knowing that it's not random, that there is this deep meaning, that there is this deep lessons and wisdom of life that are coming through every situation, every experience. And I can trust that. And just knowing that allows my heart to be open that's a big part of it is to see that i i cannot really i cannot ever understand the mystery of life but i can understand enough to trust in it just a little bit just five percent of it if i can understand it enough to trust in the mystery of the heart then that's already makes this life worth living and then of course to do that right it's not easy in the midst when the shit is hitting the fan excuse my french in the midst of it all when, when all of that happening and to actually trust that there is something to learn from that situation is not easy it takes a lot of training to fail in many small ways and to recognize and to train the mind to think in that way, to see the life in that way, not to get disempowered and go into the soap opera, dramas, the mental gossip in the head, but to snap out of it and to bring a fresh perspective and not to get dragged down by what is happening. And then, of course, another essential quality is a sense of humor that I find very helpful. In those situations, if I can smile at myself in the midst of my drama, then things are not so bad. And uh, it takes training also, right? It's like uh, another, forgot who is it by, but another favorite quote of mine is uh, that a sense of humor is not the ability to, ta- to tell a joke, but it's the ability to take a joke, right? And life is always playing jokes then to be able to reflect and uh, to see the jokes that are being played. And it's not that the joke is basically there to make me feel more miserable or disempowered, but it, it's, it's there. The universe is constantly laughing at me. And I all often find that to be like this cosmic giggle. It's like this truth is too simple for my complicated mind to understand it and it's just about being and how my complicated mind tends to overthink and overcomplicate things and then i'm not able to experience the joy of being the joy of just being here and now right (laughs) is this story of my life that keeps recycling this kind of caricature of who i am and uh, keeps making me believe in that caricature but then seeing that i'm not this garbage can with my name written in on it and my life story accumulated inside telling me who i am and who i'm not and what i'm capable of and what i'm not capable of and we see that it's this recycled kind of gossip that just this drama keeps happening and i tend to fall for it sometimes and think that that's who I am and actually that's just this broken record that it's time to let go of and discover the, the symphony of the spheres, the symphony of the universe. And that relates to the uh, five elements that I started mentioning. The, the five elements is that dance within ourselves and it happens on many levels and it works with those essential energies of life that relate to the different emotions and qualities and aspects of our existence and also inner organs and they all complement each other and support and nurture each other and also control each other so there is the generation and control cycle and then different emotions and then the same emotion can be healthy or unhealthy. So let's say the fear in the water element and the fear can bring that receptivity. Right? It's like this fear that makes me get out of the falling boulder from a mountain. It's the rain season right now, we recently drove to our reserve. In the rainy season, it's a very small road that lots of bends and curves and it goes through the uh, altitudes of 4,600 meters and there can be a big truck behind every corner and landslides right now and boulders falling And, uh, and yeah, there is this fear that is healthy that makes me alert that I don't fall asleep behind the wheel and at the same time. If that fear is out of control, then it becomes unhealthy. Then uh, that fear leads to all kinds of uh, negative habits and coping mechanisms and becomes very draining. I keep reaching for the comfort zone. I keep trying to hide in some kind of experience or a state of being. It's like that fruit fly, right? Again. And then I don't really, I'm not really alive, I'm not present, I'm hiding in all kinds of habits and routines and these stories in my life that uh, keeps me asleep, that keep me kind of in these self-destructive patterns. And at the same time, within that water element, there is the seed of life. Right? It's like all of those different inhibitions and fears of failure and then all of those inhibitions and fears they start to be awakening it's kind of like i have to become you know like sick and tired of being sick and tired for the seed of life to sprout again everything else is fallen right it's like the winter time it relates to that water element as well, where the tree loses all of its leaves, where everything is barren and only the seed remains buried in the frozen ground. And then to reflect on that seed, okay, well, what happens if I lose everything in my life? What's the worst case scenario? I like to, you know, to go there once in a while and reflect on that. Okay, like. You know, if I'm like, I have this fear and fear has big eyes and it's the fear of the unknown. It's the failure. The fear of failure is also the fear of the unknown. I don't know what will happen and it doesn't seem safe. And, and I'd rather, you know, kind of invest in this false sense of security and certainty, certainty on the inside, security on the outside. But it's false because everything is changing and then why invest myself in creating this grandeur illusion if i can actually invest myself in developing a loving relationship with uncertainty and impermanence and change and the waters are very much about that right because the water is is not stable Uh, it's changing, and the water can have so many different shapes of it. And so, in the winter time, the water solidifies. And there is time to reflect on the essence. Well, okay, worst case scenario in my life right now. So then, what is the essence? What is the meaning that can never be lost? Everything else can go. Everything is changing, except the spaciousness of the heart that can allow that change to happen, that doesn't resist the change. And that is the only thing that is unchanging. And so it helps me to reflect on that. Well, yeah, I'm afraid of the unknown. I'm afraid of uh, losing something in my life. So then if I'm afraid of it, let's meditate on what happens when I lose it. And I go there and I meditate on it and reflect and see what is the wisdom there, what is the meaning. And then it doesn't mean that I have to lose everything, but if I'm not afraid to lose everything, I can enjoy everything fully. And I find that to be very helpful, to, to really go into those places that scare me that's another book by Bema Chodron that I really like, The places that scare me. To really go and, and see what is the wisdom there and what is the meaning. And it's within those places that I find my greatest treasure. And it's the treasure of being human. It's this uh, perfection of being imperfect, right? And so then that allows me to keep failing wholeheartedly to actually learn how to fail gracefully and the more that I can fail gracefully the more I can actually fail to fail and then yes success is imminent I invited friends with that with that quote I do find that it's not it doesn't even have to be called success because success also has a negative connotation for some people but it's just this kind of like uh, to fail so good that uh, I fail to fail that's quite fulfilling and I was reflecting on that last time when we tried to do this talk and it didn't happen and then it's kind of like this fail to fail that's a good sign I think that's a good sign in trying to do a talk about failure and then failing in that And I appreciate those kind of little cosmic giggles that happen in life and do take it to heart and reflect and appreciate and bring gratitude into all of the failures in my life. So that's something that I've been reflecting on. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the community of failures. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also very grateful for that because that's what makes us reflect it what uh, makes us uh, become really curious and have this investment in it it's like yeah i really want to see what it's about i'm really curious there is something there there is a lot of mud and i've been running away from this mud and keep getting stuck and you know kind of like planting my face in it and finally i can like start to see what is this mud about and actually that's a really fertile soil for the lotus of the heart to blossom from if i just stop running away from it and keep falling into it i can start to cultivate it so that's also very essential for the seed to grow from you need the water you need the earth you need the sunlight all of those elements right you need to prepare the the earth and use some metal tools potentially i'm reflecting on the five element system again so all of those elements right are essential for the seed to sprout and they have to come together in a perfect balance a little bit of this a little bit of that and each one is contributing. just the mud right life is not all about the mud But mud does have an essential place. And if I keep trying to run away from the mud, then all that exists for me is the mud. Or if I'm just continuously splattering myself with mud. But actually there is the seed, there is the mud, there is the sunlight, there is the water, there is the tools that I work the mud with. I don't have to keep uh, digging in it myself with my face. And all of that has meaning. And then everything comes together and I can really appreciate. It's like this perfect storm that is happening in my life, that is happening in the world. And then within every storm there is an eye of the storm. That's where the birds like to go into during the storm because it's very calm in the eye of the storm. And so how can I cultivate that bird's eye view in my life? that helps me see my life through the eye of the storm and not be swirling chaotically like a leaf in the wind but uh, to bring that consciousness to see through the eye of the storm that what is happening right otherwise it's like it's all fun and games it's until someone loses an eye and i found myself in that situation quite a few times in my life right where you know i lose the eye of the storm i lose the the eye of my conditioned ego and all hell is breaking loose and actually it's this perfect storm for the for the eye of the heart to awaken so that's uh, also something that i've been finding helpful in that regard
2: so with all this patience right it's something that is necessary Yeah, to cultivate through the whole process of failure. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> and you know, with, that is a very good point that Elton is bringing. So patience, thank you for being patient with us so far. It's quite a subject and I love mm-hmm. reflecting on that. Yeah, also it relates to the Taoist uh, saying that crisis is an opportunity something that it's up to us to, to relate and reflect on this willingness to really engage in life wholeheartedly and to get lost in order to find oneself and to basically appreciate the learning that is happening through all the failures and successes and knowing that both will pass And not to be geared towards the destination, right? The journey is the destination. So that's also very much uh, about that. And it's this opening of the perspectives that I do believe that everyone can change. And that includes myself. With all of my habits and habitual patterns and all of those stale concepts and ideas and the rigid personality and i do believe that it's possible and uh, i have seen that it's possible sometimes it's hard to see it but over time if i focus long enough i do see that it is possible maybe not right away it's that mystery i find also to be very essential to to be humbled there is this quote from amnesty amnesty international that's the organization i saw a quote that said that it's possible to live one's life in a way where you don't make any mistakes it's possible but that kind of life would not be worth living and so we all make mistakes in life and some of the greatest discoveries in human history happened because of mistakes To live a life knowing that we will all make mistakes actually worse life living because then it's possible to learn from mistakes otherwise if I'm afraid and I'm afraid to do anything because I'm afraid to fail I'm afraid to make a mistake I'm afraid to do something wrong then it's not really life so then I'd rather live a life where I make mistakes and I can learn from them and continue to evolve than living a life that is completely sterilized and I'm just hiding in a hole and burying my head in the sand like ostriches do. And then what point is there to life? Not knowing any better and it's this kind of unconscious tendency to avoid the inner conflicts and not to face ourselves as humanity. And uh, in that way, we cannot relate to each other. If I cannot deal with my own issues and my own inner conflicts, if I cannot come to terms with them, it's not possible for me to have relatedness, tolerance, kindness, recognition of what others are going through. So definitely it's the war itself that is the demon and it's this inner conflict war it's this war between uh, mind and the heart the war between the mundane kind of superficial values of society and the deep calling of the heart and how often they are at conflict with each other how hard it is to reconcile right the strongest pains Uh, they are not physical pains. They are those emotional wounds. They are the wounds that relate to the innocence of our lives and how hard it is to integrate it into our modern society that has no place for that. And so then to really reflect on that and how can we make a change in ourselves and be the change that we wish to see by reconciling within ourselves so another saying that is very similar do my lies not tell you as much as my truths can easily be adjusted to do not my failures tell you as much about me as my successes so that's also a really good reflection I find there was actually a reading how in uh, World War two they were trying to study the airplanes that were that have survived the attacks, the a- aerial attacks, and they would see where the bullets hit, and then they would reinforce those places. But then uh, it did not help, right? Like the same, like statistics showed that the same uh, amount of planes were falling down, and then this one scientist he actually made this discovery he said well he said you guys are studying the airplanes that have survived you should study the airplanes that have been shut down because the airplanes that have been shut down they show where the real issues are and instead of trying to reinforce those things that were just hit by mistake or like hit superficially not by mistake You have to really study the failures in order to create successes instead of studying the successes. And that's something that's been also shared about the millionaires of the world. I was also reading that research how it's very popular nowadays where this millionaire teaches people how to become a millionaire. And, you know, pretty much no one is able to follow their steps because it's their steps. Right? And again, there's been research done on this subject as well and it showed that actually it's worth studying more what has failed than what has, who, who has failed and who has succeeded. Because uh, they succeeded and they have found a certain niche that is already filled and they have reached the success in a certain way but that doesn't mean that everyone else will succeed in the same way and instead actually studying what has failed and then connecting that to one's own life and then connecting to one's own ingenuity and the passion and of course the qualities that allowed people to succeed like the determination the patience the focus they are helpful but the specific techniques and the tricks and all of those things they are not so helpful because they have worked in a very specific conditions and circumstances and during specific times that are not repeated anymore and so then to really look into it from this lens of uh, failure and relate that to one's own life and make it real to one's own life and also to see what does it mean in my own life to me I don't care about millions that does not mean success to me and also like Elton shared but what does success really means to me what does fulfillment really means or uh, resolution reconciliation what life really means to me and then I can gear my life towards that and of course when i do something wholeheartedly and i find deep relevance and meaning and inspiration in that then it doesn't matter the outer kind of science uh, i made something of myself and i have this trophy to show i, I don't care about the trophies or the outer signs. but uh, how can i keep the spark alive how can i keep doing what I love to be doing, because then it's no longer work for me. I'm not doing something that is just going through the motions of it and doing it mechanically. But I find deep joy just in the journey, in the doing of that. And that to me is fulfilling. Otherwise, even if I would have a lot of trophies and a lot of outer signs of my success, but I'm not really fulfilled inside and I don't like what I'm doing, and I'm miserable, then that's not really success, for me at least. So that's definitely something that uh, I appreciate, is to see that I don't need external confirmation, but it's really coming from the spark inside. If you can't laugh at yourself, you're missing out on the best of life's jokes. Haha, yeah, no, I really like that. (laughs) Those are the best jokes. So, yeah, the trickster, of course. All ancient cultures, I believe, there is that trickster archetype that is so essential to life. And the trickster, the Heioka in the Northern Native American tradition, Chuechaki in the Irish tradition, the Leprechaun. So, they, they are very essential aspects of our inner experience. And the trickster has a lot of wisdom to teach us. And the trickster is also testing to see whether there is readiness to go to the next evolutionary phase, or we need to go back and actually really take some lessons deeper to heart. And so the, the world is a trickster in a way. It is the this trickery of the great spirit that also has brought me on this path and it's this a lot of effort to face oneself it's not easy it's hard and there is a tendency to avoid facing oneself until there is no other way right It's the wisdom of no escape that the ancient traditions work with where there is no other way there, there is no way out but through. And when I really check, I really tried to avoid facing myself. And I tried to find escape and uh, hide in all kinds of ways. And then at a certain point I could no longer do it because I could no longer lie to myself. I really tried and I failed. And that was essential to really step on this path to face myself and not to pretend and put up a show. Definitely it's not for everyone, or even on a spiritual path. A lot of people would like to go and work with someone who puts up a really good show, who pretends to be perfect in every way and does a really great job in that. Until some kind of a scandal ensues, of course, which often does when people try to pretend to be perfect. There is like a lot of scandals happening in spiritual communities nowadays. Um, But I've never tried to pretend maybe that's why there weren't there there were never any big scandals in our organization but i never tried to pretend to be perfect and some people don't like that they don't like to go to someone who gives guidance about spiritual path but uh is not this kind of like perfect thing on a pedestal and i find myself one of the people and i'm also continuously learning and i'm also failing and i'm just finding this ancestral wisdom to really appreciate all of the ups and downs in life and not to kind of be in this spiritual materialism of floating in the cloud oh i'm gonna get to a certain place where there's going to be no problems and that's what i'm selling to the world but i don't want to do that because it's not real that's not a sign of spiritual success when there is no problems at least according to the teachers that i've had in life who i recognize to be real people themselves but actually the real sign of spiritual progress is how much more patient i can be how much more compassionate i can be that's according to my teachers and the problems keep coming and they don't get less lesser the greater problems come, and then the sign of spiritual maturity is how well can I deal with those problems and not freak out and throw a hissy fit or a tantrum or a drama. And how well can I stay human and relate to others in my situation. And that's something that I keep as a point of reference. And that's what keeps me real also. and keeps showing me that I'm far from it, right? I continue to practice and cultivate and aspire, but I also have to be real and not lie to myself that I am so spiritual. I've been on this path for so many years. I have this reputation and I can be proud of that, but no, it keeps me real. Life keeps me real and I'm grateful for it. Doing that, doing that essential job yeah it's this balancing act right and it's this homeostasis in medicine the dynamic equilibrium it's never static and that's the point of life and the Taoist tradition also illustrate life is movement when there is lack of no movement no change then that's death but life itself you know i mean the innermost life right because even in death there is decomposition But it's no longer my life, it's like, you know, there is all kinds of life forms that are uh, coming in. It's more parasitic life. But uh, the innermost life, the sense of aliveness comes from uh, this ability to allow change, to move through us, to work through us, to change the, the inner perspectives of our lives to keep awakening that greater ability of the heart to be spacious, to be unconditional, the art of no resistance. So that's very meaningful. Reflecting on there is this story about, about this king, right? Uh, The water supply got laced with some kind of drug and everyone went crazy. And this king was the only one who had a clean water supply and he was the only one who did not go crazy and everyone went crazy and he was the only sober one. And then he became very miserable, being surrounded by uh, people who were completely nuts. And at a certain point he basically decided to start drinking the contaminated water supply because he couldn't handle that experience of being the only sober person surrounded by all the crazy people that's kind of like the story of our society in a way where we all come into the society right like the the mouth of a child speaks the truth there's this ancient saying we all come into society with the, with this innate truth and and then the world around us makes us doubt our inner truth and pretend and get lost in this nightmare of uh, society that we live in today with all of the natural disasters and contamination of environment and wars and uh, inequality and all of the problems that are happening and then um, needing to become comfortably numb in this reality because there is so much happening in the world that it's quite distressing to say it lightly. And then everyone are hiding in their little worlds and are not really wanting to to really see and relate and experience what other people are experiencing. And so in this ancient living wisdom traditions, the lineages that we work with the point is to actually start to trust that innate truth that inner child to heal that wounded innocence in oneself and to honor one's own truth as a state of being right the truth is is a state of being it's not a philosophical concept and it's just this being open being vulnerable being at ease being present in the heart it's being it's not we're we're human beings we're not human doings and so then to learn how to trust and to abide in that truth and not to go by the common narrative in the world and to learn how to think freely for oneself instead of just buying what different sides of the same you know ouroborum snake say about things right it's like this duality no it's this he is they're the enemy they're the enemy but that's a very dualistic perspective so there has to be this transcendent third in jungian terms uh, something that connects the the conflicting opposites together that allows them to become complementary opposites that's something that is bound by our inner truth. It's neither this nor that. And there is this greater, more objective perspective into life. And then, of course, within within our lineages, then the point is uh, to really connect with, with people who have actually connected to themselves. And it's not doing it in the same way as they did, right? That's also a very essential part. You can never find yourself by following in someone else's footsteps. Again, you can connect to the essential qualities that they have cultivated, but then you have to apply it to your own particular life circumstances. There has to be ingenuity there and I'm not just going through the motions and doing what someone else is doing and then I'm gonna find resolution in in myself. That's uh, just, you know, it's a logical fallacy to to go about spiritual path in that way so there has to be ingenuity and find relevance for one's own life getting real for oneself and so the lineage is about that as people who got real for themselves and then are encouraging me to get real with myself and are sharing some tools and practices that have helped them it's it's good to relate to that but then they have to be adopted to whatever path we are on, whatever circumstances, mentality that we have, the time that we are living in. So there has to be ingenuity in that way. It's not just instruction manual. And even with the instruction manual, you know, some of those things, I open them up and there's a lot to figure out there. And I have to figure out it for myself. And if I just go by what the instruction manual says, it's like I often end up with some extra pieces. Yeah, that's uh, something that is very essential is the ability to be free thinkers and not to go by the kind of like standard hypnosis of society that serves someone else's um, agenda. And also in my experience, instead of fighting the system that also rarely if ever worked in human history. But what really worked is people who did not fight the system but instead showed through their own life, through their own example, what else is possible in life. And it's just this. It's just the ignorance is not knowing any better. So it's just this one small example that shows something that is possible, allows it to become possible on a greater scale. And so with our organization, with my path, you know, I, I decided early on I'm not gonna be on this path for my own personal profit and I really want to honor this ancient traditions and their wisdom and how they are approached and my own path in life and I'm gonna stand up for something that is really meaningful to me and so then I want to see an integral vision of this it's not like I'm doing this uh, healing as a job and the ceremonies and then uh, I, I'm getting Profit from it and I'm trying to adapt to the superficial values of the world. But for me that doesn't really make sense. So then yeah, I want to do this healing work and consciousness transformation and evolutionary work. And at the same time work with permaculture and work with preservation of the environment and support of the indigenous people. And I'm going to direct all of my effort and resources in that direction and that's what fulfills me. And uh, even though it's a long path and I'm, you know, still in the very beginning after 20 years of trying to manifest this vision and needing to fail over and over again. And, you know, like we are rebuilding our center in a different location for the uh, like fourth time now over the years and to keep starting over, to keep back to ground zero and uh, to keep remembering the beginner's mind and then to keep failing but every time failing a little bit more gracefully a little bit better and you know definitely 20 years ago i had no idea what i was signing up for with this and it was also the trickery of the spirit that actually if i knew i probably wouldn't have done it at that time (laughs) now i'm happy that i was stupid enough (laughs) (laughs) to do it Um, but uh, back then i probably wouldn't have done it and uh, it's that trickery of the spirit and uh, there's been so much insight, evolution and actually you know deconstructing so many grandeur just illusions of ignorance in me And it continues to happen on more and more subtle levels. And I'm very grateful for that, for all of the failures. So yeah, definitely it's not just the ayahuasca or some kind of a potion that will solve all of the problems, but that's, you know, consciousness is the main healing agent. That's what I've learned in the ayahuasca tradition from my my ayahuasca elders. Consciousness is the main healing agent. Everything can support consciousness, but nothing can substitute it. So it's possible to drink, you know, gallons of ayahuasca, but without being conscious and present and learning the lessons and applying it to one's life, it's not gonna do anything and it might actually make things worse. And I've seen that happen. So, uh, So definitely consciousness is the main healing agent so we can keep going deeper you guys can reflect we really appreciate the reflections and then send us your comments questions uh, um, also suggestions for our next talk and we like to collaborate and reflect on things together and find deeper meaning and in that way we also become the community that uh, keep giving the the truth serum to each other and uh, keep each other from falling asleep and going crazy with the rest of the world. Many blessings, everyone. Much love to all of you and uh, all the people in your life. Take care of yourself and each other. And see you soon.
0: Thank you for joining us. If you have found value in what we have shared, we welcome donations in order to continue this service. To make a donation or to ask a question, visit our website at www.paititi-institute.org. That's www.pati-institute.org. May all beings be happy and free.